Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for LSU Tigers. In southwest Louisiana, LSU is going to be in the Hattiesburg Regional. We spoke about that with Koki on Wednesday. I, um, I, I, I think, I kind of think Kennesaw State is better than most LSU fans think they are. I don't know that they've got quite enough to hold off LSU's offense, but we'll see how that plays out. I think Southern Miss's pitching staff is can compete with any pitching staff in the SEC. Now, will they be able to hit enough to, to hit with LSU? We'll see. That's why they play the games. Cajuns will be talking with Craig Malawson later this hour, uh, talking a little more about the College Station Regional. Um, I think everyone's trying to really put their finger on TCU I mean, when you say Big 12 champion, you can only be so bad and win the Big 12 outright in the regular season. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't be beat, but I've heard some people really kind of suggest that TCU is just not good at all, and I just, I just, I'm not buying that. Um, Texas A&M on paper... Again, you don't see a whole lot of good pitching. Um, doesn't mean they can't pitch well. I mean, but over the course of the season, they haven't. You know, they're the kind of national, if you're going to play a national seed, playing one that doesn't have a bunch of players on the team that has had a lot of success and playing one that doesn't have, you know, top-notch pitching, at least on paper, playing one that, you know, they've only really been together less than a season, a lot of new players, new coach. Uh, that's the kind of national seed you want to play if you're going to play one. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to beat them, but it's not like you're playing, you know, one of these dominant you know, like Oklahoma and softball where they've been together and they've had a lot of success and it's a well-all machine. I, I don't know that A&M fits that bill. So we'll see how that and, – and we'll talk again with uh, with Craig later. But I I think Oral Roberts is going to be better than most people think they're going to be. Uh, I don't I don't think Oral Roberts is the kind of – well, if you lose the first game, you'll win the second. Uh, I don't think that's the case. They better You better be careful. Or Roberts has a win over Oklahoma State. They have a win over Oklahoma. They have a win over Ole Miss. This is not a donkey program. Oral Roberts has been competitive and good in baseball for decades. This is not, you know, this isn't like playing Canisius. Well, you good, pretty good chance you're just going to crush them if you, even if you lose the first game. Ah, that is not the case. So that's kind of what I see. Man, the QWs must be struggling today. I mean, uh, I mean, really, what are the QWs thinking around the country today? I don't. I know we're talking about 
basketball, not football. But I, I kind of put most of them in the same crowd. The supposed star of the Celtics did a great job, did a great imitation of a good complimentary player. And guys that, you know, many average to below average basketball fans don't even didn't even know their names won the game. Well, I thought this I thought it was all about stars. I thought all we talked about all week long was about MVPs and who's gonna win the MVP. Like who cares? It's a team game. This ain't golf. I mean, I I, I just and so again, we're talking about basketball. They only got five guys on the floor at the same time. Five, that's it. One time the Cajuns had six, but 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 for the most part, you can only have five on the court. And the supposed on the verge of being a superstar guy looked like he was um You know, like, you know, seventh guy off the bench. I mean, he, he shot horrible. Now he did some things to help, got some assists. I mean, he looked like a complimentary player. And then you had guys that don't even start, had these tremendous performances. Well, how could that happen? The quarterback, the superstar didn't get it done. It's in the finals. It's on the road. How no, well, because it's a team. If basketball is a team game, how much more is football a team game? Oh, I don't think people are ever going to get it. I read some moron earlier this week who, tr- who, who tried to suggest that this is what this moron said. He suggested that the Saints offseason was bad. One of the worst three or four offseasons in all of the NFL. And his primary reason. His primary reason for saying that. Was that they don't have Drew Brees anymore. What are they trying for? Like what good does it do in his in this moron's opinion? What good does it do to try to win if you don't have Drew Brees anymore? You don't have the, you know, he's like a QW on steroids. And don't point fingers at him, all you little QWs out there. Don't point fingers at him. Because you the, you're the same way. You might not have said that, but you have that same, well, what good does it do to try to win? Drew Brees isn't there. They got. They're supposed to be tanking. It's all about quarterbacks. It's all about the superstar. Who's gonna win the MVP? That's all we talk about. MVP. How about the team? How the California, the California Angels. How the Fighting Otani's have been playing with their little MVP for the last eight days. The Fighting Otani's. It's not about the MVP. Even in basketball, it's not about the MVP. It's about the team. It's unbelievable how many how many times we have evidence of this stuff and how many times 
You know, Giannis is a great player. Why is Giannis not playing? Because his one of his teammates was hurt. It's about the team. Well, if Giannis is so great, why does it matter if his team one of his teammates was hurt? Because it's not about the MVP. It's about the team. Unbelievable. So as sickening as it was that the Celtics won, it did at least, I'm going to choose to, instead of focusing on the revolting development of the Celtics and their fans being happy, I'm going to focus on the positive application and teaching tool to try to continue to convince y'all all these little QWs across the country. Try to convince. It's, it's about the team. It does make sense for the Saints to try to win even though Drew Brees is not there. Because it's not about Drew Brees. It's about the Saints. It's never been about Drew Brees. Ever. It's about the Saints. It's always been about the Saints. You, you, you win as a team. If, if, if it's all about the quarterback, how come when Drew Brees was in his prime, the Saints didn't win more? Because it's not about all about the quarterback. It's about the team. They didn't have a secondary most of those years. It's not all about that. I, I don't know that we're ever going to get that in this country. I, I, just, I just don't get it. I mean, again, the the lie, and I've always look. I've been feeling this way for a long time, but since last uh, off season, a year ago or 13, 14 months ago, and I this narrative that the Saints had this depleted roster. When I'm looking at, it, I'm saying this is the best roster we've ever had. <laughs> what are these people talking about? All we got to do is get this guy get this guy half healthy, draft this guy in the first round, or this position in the first round. What what are they talking about? But really, it all goes back to well, Drew Brees isn't there, so why are they even trying to win? Why why try to win? You can't win. I don't know. The cheaters were one dropped interception away, one can of corn away from going to the Super Bowl. With Garoppolo, I don't I don't know why they even fielded a team, the Cheetahs. Why did they even try? All they had to do is teach Pop-Tart to catch a pop fly. <laughs> That's all they had to do. Pop-Tart, catch a pop fly. The Cheetahs in the Super Bowl. I'm glad he dropped it. Don't get me wrong, but... All you QWs just kill me. Just kill me. All right. Let's uh, take. um, Let's go back to the uh, game hotline and then we'll take our first time out. Hello. You're on the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, you're pushing my buttons, man. You're pushing my buttons because I agree. How do journalists get away with just being so lazy? Because that's all that really is. No, it's that it's it's most of the country believes it because most of the country are QWs. 
they think it's all. What did we talk about all week long nationally? Well, who's going to win the finals MVP? Well, who cares? It, that guy's not going to determine who wins the game. It, it's about a team. Oh, well, look, and I get it. We got a new coach. We got, uh, again, it's, we, it's not like this is Drew's first year gone. He was gone last year, and we were doing fine until our starting quarterback got hurt. But that's the way it is around the whole NFL. Your starting quarterback gets hurt, you're going to falter. So They wouldn't have uh, even faltered. They, if if they the wouldn't lazy, have had all them other the injuries, they would have is, not faltered. Well, the lazy line is, you know, they're not half, They're not really sold on Jameis, so they wouldn't have gone after Watson. Well, no, you, you, you're you always trying to better your team. And, you, uh, I, again, I, I think we'll be fine. I actually I, – I'm, I'm excited for Jameis. I think they've actually got him a ton of weapons to play with. This offense can be really, really good if, if he's healthy. But he's got a plethora of weapons. It's just – it's amazing. We're we're one of what maybe three or four teams in the league that hasn't lost more than seven games in fifteen years. Think about it. In fifteen years, we haven't lost more than seven games. This is a team that the fans used to wear bags on their heads. Wow, well, we I was to compete one year, for the first draft years. pick, and and it's it's. Uh, I, I got you know, a, a big cowboy fan that I you know call on at work. And I'm like, the Saints don't don't rebuild, dude. We just reload. And he was laughing at me. And I said, the, the proof's in the pudding, dude. We haven't lost more than seven games. That's reloading. That is well, wait reloading. a minute. We we lost nine games three years in a row. Although one of those years we were really an 11 win. No, team. I mean we just... we, we, we got seven wins. I'm sorry, we haven't yeah. had fewer than seven wins right, in right. 15 years, which is. Again, in today's, you think the Falcons? I mean, think of how many three win seasons they've been through as they keep trying to rebuild. It's, again, we're kind of spoiled as Saints fans compared to how bad it was. And thanks for correcting my misstatement. Yeah, we haven't, we've won seven games or more for the last. Well, it's 15 not 15. Years. Other than Katrina, we haven't done that since Ditka. We right. haven't won fewer than seven games since Sean Ditka. Tate never, never Other lost than Katrina. More than nine games. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's, but the easiest thing for the for the for the national media, which is why I'm calling them lazy, is to look at a small market team, not do their homework, and just say, "Oh, new quarterback, new coach. He'll never be Sean Payton. He'll never be Drew Brees. Uh, give him five wins." Uh, I actually thought we drafted to fill the holes we had. Um, I like our offseason. I think we signed incredible. Jameis on a bargain thing. We've we've. Filled up the skill positions that we were so desperately lacking. We just need a tight end to step up, and all of a sudden our offense. And I'm worried about tight end. I'm worried. It's all about the safeties not taking too long to get on the same page. You know, look, I love the fact that they picked Tyron Matthew, but there's way too much Tyron Matthew talk for me because Tyron Matthew just replaces, is a good player, a good veteran capable player replacing another good veteran capable player. And the same thing with Matt with May. The problem is they're new and they never played together before. So the, one of the biggest question marks of this season, top three, is will the safeties take as long to get on the same page as Marcus Williams and, and Malcolm Jenkins took three years ago? It took way too long for that to happen. You, uh, I, you, I, you remember that game at Oakland? They couldn't stop them. But they were not on yeah, the same look, page. I, it took I a agree, month. But- in the same way that Sean Payton was the evil genius on offense, 
I think Dennis Allen is with defense, and he has got so much to play with in his arsenal on defense now. It's going to be fun to watch the defenses we throw at people because we basically got a defensive backfield and a linebacking crew that is extremely versatile. I could see us playing a lot of downs with one linebacker and a boatload of defensive backs, depending on who we're playing. So he's going to have – he's got a lot of toys. It's – you know, again, we've always looked at Sean and and how great an offensive play caller he is. Dennis Allen is going to have that ability with this defense yeah. now. Got we the really, safeties. I mean, they true free safety. They will at times, but again, it cannot. They got to hit the ground running. They cannot lose a game to a team that's inferior to them early in the season because the safeties are not on the same page with the defense. They have got that is that that might be the number one concern for this team right now is safety. And and, well, and I'm not talking to. about long term. I'm talking about the first six weeks of the season. They have got to win those games. And if they lose it, it's going to be, in my mind, other than turnovers, turnovers can lose any game. It's safety's being on the same page. That is the number one priority right now. Well, my number one story of training camp will be is Alvin Kamara going to be playing. And then second after that is, yeah, how well will this new backfield mesh? I agree with that. But Again, that's why you have training camp and preseason. Oh, no. Yeah, but you won't know then. I mean, they they won't know by then. But anyway, we got to take a timeout. Want to get to some other things. I don't want to get too deep in the Saints right now, but I I, pushed my button. I had to make a positive application to the disgusting Celtics win last night, so that's what I needed to do. Thanks for the call. Have fun, brother. All right. God bless. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back. See, that was that was good. After uh, getting a little riled up there at stupidity, um, I needed a nice, you know, little Marshall Tucker to calm me down a little bit. So that's that's a good. That's why um, that was good. Needed that. All right, welcome. Back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the gay. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. You can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Again, the game hotline is 706 0111. Want to remind you about our 10 year birthday bash. That is going to be coming Wednesday, June the 22nd. From 5 to 9 o'clock for the game's 10th anniversary bath, bat, birthday bash. Again, at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. You can get delicious wings, door prizes, and appearances from all your favorite 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles personalities, including Crunch Time going live with Miguez and Mesh. 
that will, they'll be going live at the party. So you want to take advantage of that. Again, the 10th birthday bash for the game. Wednesday the 22nd from 5 to 9 at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. I'm very concerned that James is going to be celebrating. We might have to make a, a deal. Celebrating is one thing, but if he wears too much Celtic paraphernalia, I don't know. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to put a limit on that, especially if they win. If they lose, I guess I don't mind him wearing it. But if they win, which it looks like they're gonna, then we're gonna have some issues. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to I don't know. We'll have to put some limits on that some kind of way. It's too sickening. Too sickening. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. The Astros begin a three-game series against the Royals tonight. The Royal the Astros had a really rough time in Kansas City last year. They really struggled. They could they struggled with the Royals bullpen. They couldn't get they couldn't deal with their speed. I mean, they just the Royals kept getting infield single after infield single after infield single and two and all these clutch two out hits. And they they obviously hadn't been getting too many clutch two out hits this year because they've hardly they still have speed everywhere. But the like the old cliche is you can't steal first base. And so um, they've, you know, they haven't gotten too many clutch two out hits this year, and their pitching has not been as good as a lot of people thought. Although Singer, I, I haven't really investigated him. His ERA is really good. He's scheduled to start tonight's game uh, for the Royals. Last I saw, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they do a little better than that. Well, a lot better than they did last year because that was a nightmare series uh, at Kansas City. So, you know you. When you're on the road, what are the Astros on this nine game? Their third three-city road trip of the season. They're uh, four and two so far. And so if you win two out of three and you have a second straight six and three three-city road trip, you can live with that. And look, there's no MVPs on this team. I don't know how they win all these games. Nobody wins the MVP. That's the Otanis. They win all the MVPs. But they got some MVPs on that little team. I mean, they got almost as many MVPs as the current losing streak they're on right now, the fighting Otanis. Between Trout and Otani, boy, they got MVPs. You know, Rendon, who, by the way, is having a donkey season. Boy, did I get him wrong this year. I thought he was going to have a comeback year, donkey. Has he ever won an MVP? He might have even won an MVP with the – no, I don't think he did in the National League. Did Rendon was he an MVP one year with the with the Nationals? Man, the Nationals. They they didn't just have a they look like they're gonna have a medicine decade, the Nationals. <laughs> Not a medicine season. Look like they're gonna have a medicine decade. The Nationals. Anyway. I'll try to stop, but all of this, some of this stuff just really gets on my nerves. Just really, really gets on my nerves. By the way, we had uh, some kind of blockbuster high school uh, athletic news yesterday that came down. And in less than an hour, at about 10.15, we're going to have 
one of the high school experts that can explain to you everything that's going on. Yes, ma'am. So, he Rendon was nominated, but he was did not win. He, he, he was probably a, like finished second or third or something, but he, he didn't win the MVP. Yeah, he okay. didn't win it. Okay. He had a nomination. Okay. All right. So, uh, but again, we're going to be speaking with Lewis Cook the third, the master, the mastermind. Now, I'm not expecting all of you to agree with, you know, he might give a few opinions out. But that's not what I, uh, I invited him on for. He understands and knows and studies and is in the middle of it. And so he can explain to me and to y'all a lot of what's gonna, what, what happened yesterday. And so we're all going to get a little educated. And, again, you don't have to agree if he gives a few opinions. Most of his opinions I kind of agree with most of the time, I got to tell you. But um, but no, he's going to inform us, and so we'll try to explain exactly what happened yesterday, in a a vote that's going to change some things. Because I got to tell you, I don't I don't understand some, of, I don't understand how some of this is going to work, and so we'll try to figure that out. Um, in the ten o'clock hours, we go into a holiday weekend, uh, not a holiday weekend. Well, for those who you are huge college baseball fan you it probably feels like a holiday weekend going into regional weekend but um it will um we're going to discuss in the next segment the uh the college station regional i gave some of my thoughts of that at the top of the hour uh you know it's a regional where they're just there's not um It they're not. There's it, it not a lot of frontline pitching. There's just not a lot of frontline pitching uh, in this series, and so I have a bad feeling these games are gonna last a long time, um, a long time. So we'll see. Again, it's baseball, so it, it might surprise us. I mean, on paper, just on paper, on paper, when the Cajuns played Texas Tech, Texas Tech, Texas State, it was it shouldn't have been three to one. I mean, three to two, like it was. So you never know what's going to happen. I mean, no one thought Jacob Schultz was going to throw 142 pitches in a complete game performance against Texas State to win three to two. No one thought that, but it happened. So we'll see. Just saying on paper, man, looks like there's a lot of teams that can score runs in this series. And I'm looking at all these pitching lines. And I, now, or Roberts has a pitcher or two that looks pretty good. It's hard to know how that, um, you know, how to put – got to put that through a filter a little bit. But, again, although they don't play in a top-notch league, like I said earlier, they – have a win against Oklahoma State. They have a win against Ole Miss. They have a win against Oklahoma. They have a win, you know, they, they've beaten some people and played some people. Now, they've lost to all those teams, too. But, you know, they played Ole Miss multiple times and Oklahoma State multiple times and Oklahoma multiple times. They're not just some team at the Summit League that just plays a bunch of teams you never heard of. You know, so I think... um I think Oral Roberts is going to be a little more 
for A&M and anybody else that they play in this regional than the average fan is expecting. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But, again, I've been wrong before. We got That's why... It's why they play the game. You've heard that cliche before. So we'll um, we'll look into that. So let's do this. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get hook up on the phone lines with our old friend Craig Malawson. And we'll get his thoughts of the Cajuns and the other teams and matchups in the College Station Regional, which begins at 1 o'clock today in the heat, I would think. I haven't checked the weather report. Might need to do that during the break. But um haven't checked the weather report for Coliseum, but I'm thinking it's gonna be pretty hot at one o'clock in College Station, Texas in June. So we'll see how that game plays out. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 3rd, 2012. Tiger Woods claims his 73rd PGA Tour victory with a two-stroke win at the Memorial Tournament at Mirfield Village Golf and Country Club. The win equals Jack Nicklaus's record. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for Houston Astros baseball in Southwest Louisiana. Or speaking of the Astros, I want to remind you if you have not yet signed up and gotten eligible for Astro Weekend Getaway, they're playing the White Sox on Saturday, June the 18th. If you would like to win four tickets to that game, as well as a tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations for that evening, you need to go to the website and join the game clubhouse today. Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, let us get to the phone line, talk to Craig Malonson. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. It's Friday, and we have baseball, so and I'm ass- day. I'm assuming you're in College Station already. Or no? I am not. Oh, I'm not. Uh, okay, I got you. Uh, we should should be should be there about three o'clock. All right, that'll so. that'll work. That'll work. So, as you've kind of thought about the teams this week, um, what are you what are you thinking? I, I I'm thinking Oral Roberts is better than most people perceive them to be. I don't see a lot of front line pitching, so I'm kind of thinking there's going to be a lot of offense, but we'll see. Yeah, if if you look at all the teams there, especially coming in over the last 10 games or so, which I kind of judge a team by, uh, they're all hitting the ball well. The pitching has not been stellar. So your point about Oral Roberts, you know, they made the uh, College World Series, I believe, in 1978. 78, 30 NCAA appearances. So this is a team that knows how to play in a regional, uh, a super regional, and get to the College World Series. So I wouldn't take them for granted if I was Texas Tech. I mean, Texas A&M. I'm, I'm going to start doing that 
looking at all these teams. Right. I mean, um, yeah, I did the same thing earlier. But no, no, I, they're just not the oh, you know, the I would say if they're not the best number four seed, it's probably the best historic program of all the number four seeds, and you know, probably one of the best two or three uh, teams this year are most dangerous teams of all the four seeds. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, you you brought it up with their with their win uh, against uh, Oklahoma State. You know, the funny part about that was I think they jumped out to like a a nine one lead and then had to score six runs in the twelfth to 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 win the game fifteen to nine. So um, they they're obviously if you if you're going to score six runs in any inning, I don't care who who you're playing. That's a lot of runs. It is, and they've shown the ability to score, like you're saying, and and yet they've also got a couple pitchers whose pitching lines are pretty good, so they must have pitched well at some point. So I, uh, you know, I I think they're 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 a little bit scary. We'll see how they they did not win their league championship, but they beat the regular season champion in their conference ter- in the Summit League conference tournament and. And they're here. So, have you ha- have you figured out TCU? Because I just they're a hard team to read for me. No, you know, I heard you talk about it earlier. They're kind of they're a team that plays in spurts. From what I from what it looks like, got knocked out of the Big Twelve tournament, but won the regular season. But at the same time, they won the regular season only by a game over Texas Tech. Who uh, I, I think uh, you know our friends over at Georgia Southern might have got a little bit screwed there, having Texas Tech and Notre Dame in their regional and their hosting, and then got paired up with Tennessee. But you know, to, to your point, Oklahoma, um, shoot, TCU is not. I, I don't think. I think they might be the best team in. In, in some senses, but at the same time, you've got teams like Oklahoma State and Texas Tech up there. So I don't know how to judge them because those yeah. other teams are pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and they, you know, they have a, a guy who I guess they would consider their ace pitcher. I looked at all their, um, like the game one of the of the of the Big Twelve tournament and game one of each of their Big Twelve series, and he started the vast majority of them. Now he didn't start game one of the conference tournament, and he didn't start game one of the of a series at the very end. I don't know all the but 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 he is probably their ace pitcher, say. But they've um, but they they've only got like two guys hitting over three hundred. And so they just – nothing that you look at them, you say, oh, they're great at this, but are obviously pretty good at a lot of things or they wouldn't have won the Big 12 regular season. Yeah, it, the whole Big 12 is strange because they don't have a whole lot of number of teams. You look at, you look at TCU played Santa Clara at the end of the season. You don't usually see that the last weekend before your conference terms. And you're talking about their ace pitcher. I'm sure he didn't start on those Fridays or those Thursdays before the conference tournament, hoping to pitch him against uh, a team like Texas, right. who they lost to uh, in round two. But they, they they beat Baylor, so it's kind of weird the way everything played out. But you know they beat the teams they had to or were supposed to in Kansas, and um, you know so it's it's I don't know what to think of them. I, I've said that twice now. 
They're really strange. And yet, you know, we're talking a lot here about Matt Deggs going back to Texas A&M, but, you know, Texas A&M's head coach was at TCU before, and TCU has a history of owning the Aggies in baseball, especially in big, significant games in the postseason. So there's a lot of different storylines between all these teams here. Yeah, I think, uh, shoot, was it Texas, uh, when Texas saying, I think TCU hosted and it seemed like it was, it was going back and forth. Uh, it was, it was a great series to watch. Uh, I forgot what year it was in the, in the regional, but those two teams play and they, they're familiar with each other. I don't know that you give, uh, the TC coach, TCU coach a whole lot of, uh, or the Texas A&M coach. I don't know that he has a whole lot of knowledge of this 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 current TCU team because if I remember correctly, they have a lot of uh, sophomores and freshmen on the team. Even though they do have some grad, some fifth year guys, the majority of the team is uh, sophomores. You know, twelve sophomores and fifteen freshmen, so you only have five seniors. So I don't know if if the Texas A and M coach that was at TCU, I can't pronounce his name, has a uh, has a whole lot of knowledge there on him. Well, the, the the other thing is just looking at the Cajuns. Like, do you are you worried? You know, a four team regional uh, can be is not as complicated as the old six team regionals, and it isn't even as complicated as a double elimination, which didn't end up happening this year. I know, but isn't even as complicated as a double elimination conference tournament. So, do you feel like the Cajuns have enough arms to pull this off? if they hit the ball well enough. Yes. Uh, you know, I talked to Coach Thibodeau before the game on Friday last week, and I said, I've got a stupid question. I said, does this change your strategy with single elimination? And he said, yes. He said, because if I have to, I can pitch Jacob Schultz 50, 50 pitches tonight and then 100 pitches tomorrow. That was being Friday and Saturday night. He said game one was a miss, a must win. I think it's a little different when you're coming into a double elimination with only four teams because he can stick with his regular rotation and then still bring back Brandon Talley like we did in the championship game and then Jacob Schultz if we have to, if we need him in another game. I think it sets up well. I didn't realize they kind of spread it out, spread out the, the, uh, the game. So, you know, you've got the, the only day that you're going to have to play two is if you're in the loser's bracket would be uh, would come out and be on Sunday. So that's a little different than what I remember. I don't know if they changed or if, right. or if it's, it's just, always been It's that a way. maximum of two games a day. There are no three-game days. So, yeah, it kind of it, 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 it sets it up weird. So am, am, am I hearing that you're thinking that there could be some quick hooks here? In other words, there's no reason to stick with a pitcher for very long. Uh, to a certain extent, yes, but at the same time, you got Jacob Schultz that uh, has, when he's gotten into the trouble, it's been early. Um, you know, it, it's easy to look back now because it worked out. Uh, Jeff Jeff Wilson uh, might have stayed in a batter or two longer, but at the same time, all those guys have kind of had trouble starting out because they were they were more or less reliever guys that came in to to start. You know, now. 
don't don't get me wrong, they've been starters for two months of the season now, so that's what but they still have struggled a little bit early on. The other thing that was interesting about the conference tournament is that Carson Rockefort did not really have a good tournament at all offensively, and the Cajuns were still able to score enough runs. So, uh, you know, Heath Hood finished pretty strong. Uh, Kyle DeBarge is just continues to amaze me. You know, we talked about a week ago needing Max Morshock, and, and he had a few moments, but Tyler Robertson really stepped up. So, I think there's enough depth to this lineup to one or two guys can have an off regional and them still win. Yeah, you had uh, over the weekend, I think, four guys hit over 300. So that's not, I mean, it was enough to win. But like you said, Kyle DeBart, 700 on the weekend. I mean, I know that's a small sample size, but at the same time, when you need a guy to step up, he did it. And you asked me last week who I thought. And I thought it would be Jacob Schultz. He came up big in game two. And I thought we needed Marshock. You know, you know, he batted two fifty, not not nothing great, three for twelve. But at the same time, um he he just there's more to Max Marshock than batting. It's the attitude that comes in. I think it's that alpha male that we have missed in baseball since the two thousand fourteen team, quite honestly. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and how these teams handle the Cajuns running games. I mean, some teams have really good catchers. And uh, when we interviewed um, the gentleman who covers Travis Brown, who covers A&M, he said they've had trouble at times, like if the Cajuns would end up playing the Aggies at some point, uh, uh, curbing a team's running game. So how teams handle the uh, running game for the Cajuns is going to be an inter- another interesting facet of this regional. Well, hopefully they didn't watch uh, the, 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 the Texas State series that we had because Texas State, even when we were, they, we were allowed to get on base, they started pinching the corners to where we couldn't start bunning and running. So hopefully they want to play us back, and, and if they do play us up, hopefully the guys can hit. you got Tyler Robinson. That seems to be hitting the ball well, obviously, with two home runs So uh, it, it last weekend. So I think the, the key to this weekend, I think, is going to be Connor Kimple. Well, yeah, I, he, yeah that I, that's a solid suggestion because uh, he, he's gotten many a big RBI. All right, sir. Well, I hope to see you down there. Appreciate your time, as always. Enjoy the weekend. It should be fun. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Kevin. All right. Thanks, th- we'll th- thanks Craig. All righty. No, there's a lot of different ways to look at this regional and the matchups, and I think it's going to be a good one again. Starting today at 1, I don't think this is going to be – I mean, A&M has enough good bats that if they get rolling, that they they can put Oral Roberts away, but I will not be surprised if that's a competitive game at all. So we'll see. Starting with that one should be fun. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Kevin Foote. 
an award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with, with the, the whole bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Want to remind you, if you would like to win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou, where you can get some fried tree sticks or a barbecue pork sandwich, you need to go to the website today. Join the Game Clubhouse. You might win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right especially if you like high school sports or interested in high school sports and are trying to figure out what in the world just happened. Looking forward to the next hour. Uh, We'll have open phone lines in the first segment, but after that, we'll be trying to explain what in the world is the next step in area high school sports with Louis, Louis Cook, better known by most people around here as Gui. We will, um, be talking to him in the 10 o'clock hour. Looking forward to that. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. Back to footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. The Astros will be playing against the Royals tonight, and that game will can be heard live on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. LSU, as you just heard Steve remind you, will be playing Kennesaw State, 530 pregame, 6 o'clock, first pitch, or thereabouts. And that can be heard right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So we got college baseball here, Astros baseball this evening on News Talk 98.5. So lots of baseball, baseball weekend. It's the summer is here, and so uh, certainly a, a good time to be focusing in and covering baseball, and it should be a – a grand weekend for sure. So we will see how this all plays out. Um, and, you know, obviously some people are going to just be focused on the Cajuns in College Station or or just be focusing on LSU in the Hattiesburg Regional. But other people are uh, just college baseball fans overall as well. And, you know, I've heard Raymond Moore than one, a couple times this week talk about the intriguing 
uh, Austin Regional, where Louisiana Tech is, and uh, the Auburn Regional looks interesting. Um, that Miami Regional looks really interesting when you talk about Ole Miss, who for most of the year was a huge disappointment, but you know they obviously played well because they went to Baton Rouge late in the season and swept them, and and you know. Would it really shock anybody if Ole Miss won a game or made a deep run? I mean, I, I don't know that anybody would be shocked by that. So, um, and then Arizona's, you know, they've won quite a few games as well. If not, Coach Johnson wouldn't be at LSU. And so, and then you got Miami, who, you know, historically is one of the best college baseball programs ever. So, it is uh, that is a very interesting dicey regional. A lot of people are high on Oklahoma, but again, it, going back to our conversation with Craig, a lot of people like Ohio's Oklahoma State. A lot of people like Oklahoma. If all a lot of people like Texas Tech. If all those teams are so good, how did TCU beat them? How did they finish ahead of them if TCU is not any good? Again, I just. I can't, it's, you know, TCU must be like the San Francisco Giants of college baseball. Like, on paper, they just don't look like they're very good, but they obviously win games, or they wouldn't have won the Big 12 regular season. Hadn't quite figured all this out yet. But, um, because look, it doesn't matter what you look like on paper once the game starts. It only matters if you get that out with two outs and runners in second and third. It only matters if you get that bloop single with two outs and runners on second and third when you're batting. That's all that matters is winning the game. doesn't matter what you look like on paper. So it will be very interesting to see how all of that plays out. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How's it going? <laughs> this is a man who I can tell did not observe at all Josh Fields Appreciation Day yesterday. Did you? Be honest. <laughs> I didn't. He don't play for my team. <laughs> he don't play for my team either. But, boy, but I appreciate him. I appreciate him. I know you appreciate him. I don't appreciate him helping your team. That's why I kept like, okay, what is up with this Josh Appreciation? You had me looking all over online. Do this dude have a holiday or something? I kept trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Hey, like, sometimes you got to just appreciate people. Or nothing. You got to appreciate people. Like every once in a while, no. New Orleans Saints fans need to have an Adrian Peterson appreciation day. I agree with that. Yeah, we got to appreciate the man. <laughs> and a Brett Barber for throwing that in the Yeah, section. oh yeah, you got to appreciate <laughs> But, you know, I wanted to put it out there because I noticed you, I know you have to be a real happy guy today because my Yankees, um, we swept the Angels. Angels got a good record right behind y'all. Well, you know. So you can appreciate that, I, right? I, I can certainly appreciate the the fighting Otani's losing games, yes. But, I, you know, mm. I, I, have a, I have a feeling that the Astros' competition is not the Otani's, it's the Yankees. So <laughs> I'm not don't, – don't get like I'm overly excited about this, no. <laughs> I think he should have been overstated. I mean, I think he should have started the show off saying his glory. He's going to thank the Yankees 
for sweeping out the little angels. I mean, I mean that's the least he could have done. I mean, that's a pretty well, right there. Y'all own the MVP. He's got yeah. I think I think he's got an ERA of about ten against y'all. Yeah, 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 but all, all of that's gonna change. We got a long season. The MVP. You know, foot, know, I do notice now I know you don't like this, but I'm really happy that Boston won. You know, I know you're not, but that's a good thing. And I think anybody that, that loves LeBron or is a Laker fan or was one should really appreciate Boston winning that game afterwards the um, Golden State Warriors done to LeBron. Anybody you who's know, a Laker fan cannot ever appreciate a, a Celtic victory. No. But when it can deal with LeBron, I think you should. You LeBron know, has nothing to do with this. I, I could... How could you pull or appreciate anything about the Warriors, what they've done? LeBron, you know, LeBron has, has nothing to do with the Lakers and the Celtics. Nothing. He has a whole lot to do with no, it. But now he's a Laker now. That's yeah, nothing to do with the Lakers now. Yeah, no, so you no, got to no, defend that guy. He wasn't even born when all this happened. <laughs> Leave you with that one last but not one last moment. But I just noticed. You go from QW, now you're going to the BW on the 22nd. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that tough, you know? <laughs> Have a good weekend. All right, bro. that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When we go to B-dubs on the 22nd, we're going to be out. Uh, all the little QWs are going to be you know, coming to watch us. I mean, I hope y'all come. Don't get me wrong. But, oh, no, all the little QWs. I'm going to have to rebuke you. Consider yourself rebuked if you're a QW. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Jay Kevin Footsie. What's going on, Footsie? How are you, sir? Trying to got a lots to figure out. Oh, I figured my thing out. All I did was look in Division One. I saw the Katie Allen Wrecking Rams. And that big, rich school, brother. Oh, that's all I care about, baby. The Acadia and the Wrecking Rams. You've been dodging the Acadia and the Wrecking Rams for 12 years, brother. Time to pay the piper. How you say that, footsie? You got to pay the piper. <laughs> Time to pay the piper, my brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you this right now. If Acadia and that big, rich school hook up in the playoffs, I I I I I'm gonna call you from 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 wherever wherever the game is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be at the stadium when you come on there. That's how that's how soon I'm gonna get to the stadium. Get my chair. It's not. Don't break in and get arrested, though. It's not worth getting arrested for. No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna break in. If it's at Acadia High School, I'm in. Poof. I'll be there. Mal just open the gate and let me in. Instead of big risk school, you know, I might have to I might have to watch myself there. You know. They might they might have a picture of Mr. Bitter up over, over oh, there. They might. Uh, under the words <laughs> most wanted. Yes indeed. But I, I figured mine out, Footsie. Hey. I looked at my bracket and hey. Oh, hey, I like this little plan. It's a good little plan. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's a great plan uh, myself. Uh, uh, all right, so let me ask you: uh, You gonna watch a little baseball this weekend? I probably watch some. You know, I, I like listening to the radio to the Cajuns. I, 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 hey, see, I'm not one of these people that that, that just just uh, you know. I've been listening to the radio for the Cajuns for I don't know since 1997. So 
what would that be? It's my 25-year anniversary. I like listening on the radio. And then, I, you know, sometimes I, I watch LSU mostly. But, yeah, I, I'm going I'm to watch a little. But, man, I'm I, I, just just the excitement of football season. I feel like I'm a little kid, like 10 years old, waiting on my on, on Christmas. But it, we need to we need to pump the brakes. Like I'm trying to pump the brakes with me and the Saints as well. So, you know, it, it's still only early June. We got to get through these baseball regionals and super regionals. So we gotta we gotta be a little patient. Hey, whoever wins wins. I mean, I guess I ain't that much of a fan. You know, uh, hey, you know if you win, hey, I I, I I've been to the I've been to the College World Series. I've seen. People win the the national championship in baseball. I've been to the uh, I've been to the uh, uh, NCAA championship game for football. I've been to the NCAA track and field championships. I've been to the uh, NF uh, to the uh, NFC championship game. I mean, you know, I've been to the World Series game. I mean, hey, you're a man <laughs> of the world. I've been there. You know, like I told you. I saw your boy Kirk, Kirk Sarlus and uh, uh, Galen hook up up there and uh, up there in Omaha. One one going going to the uh, tenth inning and then and Stumford scored scored a couple of runs and beat him. Your boy Sarlus was a good pitcher in, in college. Oh, no, he was. He was. He was a he he was a very he was a very good pitcher in, in college. But I I don't have a lot of confidence in this dude. I just don't have a lot of confidence in him as, as a coach. I mean, hey, what you might call it, Schlossnagel went from TCU to Texas A&M. Hey, he got Texas A&M playing ball, brother. I mean, uh, Jay Johnson, you need to pick up the pace, my brother. I mean, not having not having a third pitch on, I'm not exactly sure how LSU, what LSU's going to do in the third game. I'm not sure what they're going to do in the first game. They better throw time Florida if they, if they want any chance of trying to get out. Well, I mean, when you don't when you don't have three pitches, well, it's a little hard. Uh, from what from what I, Raymond I, I, was I, suggesting is that you know their expectation is they're going to throw their ace in the first game. Well, <laughs> it don't matter who they throw in the first or the second game. It's the third game that they ain't got nobody, nobody. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this too right now. This boy Jacob Schultz threw 142 pitches. These Cajuns better be careful because hey. When he threw 117 pitches uh, one week, the next week at App State, he got hit pretty good, and he was taken out after 50 pitches. So don't just think. You realize if it's an hour for every pitch, like I think it's tonight at like 11 o'clock that he finally cycles through 140-something pitches. Well, That's a long time. That's a lot of pitches for no, it, 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 a lot of pitches. It, it, it is. It is. All right. Well, I, I I can sense that you're you're very geeked up, and so we'll, oh, am I fired up? I'm so it, it it don't even matter what what your next guest says. It, it don't it, it trust me. Okay. It, it, okay. If I was that big rich school, I'd have me some lawyers right now. Uh, and by the way, footsie, I talked to Hannah. Hannah's answering the phone. She's editing. She's teaching the intern. Man, I mean, Hannah's working, brother. Oh, yeah. you, you better give her the program because <laughs> Hannah's working. She told me all the things she's doing. She's doing three or four things at one time. Yep. All right, foot. All I'm right. I'll holler at you later. Take care. All right. All right. We'll, bye-bye. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears, be talking to 
the man who knows, he can give us all the details and hopefully answer all these crazy questions that I have going through my mind right now. What's going on in LHSA? We'll be talking with Lewis Cook III, the man, next. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball in South Louisiana. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. I want to tell you if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, uh, this is what you need to do. You need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the game clubhouse. You might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the game clubhouse today. All right, we have with us a man who's going to hopefully explain it all to us. And I need some explaining to do. Mr. Lewis Cook III, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Kevin. How about you? Well, I'm doing fine. About to head to College Station, and we'll see what happens there. But right now, I'm trying to figure out what in the world's going on in high school sports, a kind of a landmark day in the history of the LHSA yesterday. So for those who don't know, uh, explain to them the uh, kind of the, I guess, the Cliff Notes version of, of what exactly happened yesterday. What were the two big things that happened yesterday? Okay, so the big, the biggest thing yesterday was they came up with an actual definition of what a select school is and what a non-select school is. You know, the proposal that was passed in 2013 was an out-of-order proposal. That never did. So the executive committee uh, voted on a definition yesterday, which is a whole lot better. Mr. Bonon and his staff did, did, did a great job of explaining the problems to the committee, and they, they came up with the right vote. And they're trying, to, they're trying to make everything more fair. So what what is the definition? So what we're looking at now is uh, any school that charges tuition, any school that has a magnet academy, any school that has uh, any parish that's open enrollment, uh, so your magnets, your academies, your labs, your charters, and your tuition and your tuition paying schools. All right. So if you have an academy like in like most of the schools do in Lafayette Parish, then that's considered open enrollment. Uh, no, sir. So the open enrollment that's like Rapids Parish or Orleans Parish, where any kid can go anywhere they want within the parish. Right. Okay. So explain how academies fit into this. So, uh, for example, Acadiana, they have the business academy, so they're allowed so many spots. So any kid can apply to enter Acadiana by virtue of the business academy. So that allows them to draw out of their uh, traditional zone. Uh, Como High School has the arts academy for the same thing. Lafayette High has the uh, the medical academy. Karen Crow has a technology academy. You know, so any you know any school any kid can apply to those schools. 
and basically not be in their traditional zone. And as long as they're taking classes in that academy, they're they're allowed to stay there and play out of zone. Right. And so that means they're going to now be, in terms of, you know, basketball and football, the, the, the sports where we've had a split, in terms of those, they're going to be in, in the select or private school divisions. Correct. Yeah, so basically, you know, it's people used to kind of say public, private, and kind of the way it was, that's kind of how it was. Now you're actually going to have, it's going to be roughly 50-50 uh, as far as being so-called select and so-called non-select. And then even with the so-called select, that's actually going to be about 50-50 between public and private. So, you know, for an old school guy like me, the, the, the irony slash the frustration for some, the idea that, Southside, who some people call the Taj Mahal, uh, is going to be a public school, and Northside's going to be a private school. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. That's one of the many reasons why we shouldn't be split to begin with. I mean, you know, it's you, you, the, the biggest issue we have to fix yet is to understand that, you know, kids belong to their parents, and their parents make choices for them, and they do what they think is best. And, you know, no school can force a kid to attend, uh, can, uh, can force parents to make their child attend the school. You know, so obviously Southside's a more attractive option, and yeah, it, and they're they're more successful. It's you know, originally this was kind of called up to try to stop two teams who people thought were winning too much, and it's just kind of funny. You just had different collateral damage along the way. I mean, you've got examples of certain private schools that struggle to win a football game. Um, the, the the people at St. Paul's and Covington, um, they got up there and talked about the size of their kids, and they had Pope John Paul and Slidell. I mean, this this guy. He better, they brought up a great point. They wanted to know if they were selected out advantage. Why why wasn't there a single member of the football team that weighed over two hundred pounds? It it, it 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 is fascinating. So the rate. So really, what's happening here now is um, you're not going to have the uh, you know a, a private. I mean, the public school brackets with a bunch of thirty two team brackets and then a bunch of smaller brackets. Everyone is going to have thirty two team brackets now. Is that the case? Uh, so one of the things that was tabled yesterday, which will be picked up at some point, is looking at the size of the brackets. So, I mean, realistically, you know, you have certain limiting factors as far as how many teams could be in. Um, it's obviously not merit-based anymore, but as far as number of officials, that does limit. So originally we were having where we essentially had 32 and 16s. We're going to have the numbers now to support probably 32 in each of the brackets, but I do think the same way they let you say, you know, I want to get to 4.4.4, but the same way they undid something that was put in, uh, it's the same thing here. I don't, you know, it's, there's going to be too many teams if you do that. So we're probably going to be looking at 16 or 24 team brackets kind of across the board. And and the beauty of a 24 team bracket is like the, the way I, and you know, if, if the proposal that we that is kind of floating around there is anywhere close to being true, basically everyone will be in the playoffs. And, and we don't really want that, do we? I mean, we don't want everyone who competes in a division to qualify to the playoffs no matter how many games they win. No, I mean, and you look at it, I mean, the playoffs is defined as postseason. Boy, if all the teams who participate in the regular season are participating that week, well, it's not really postseason, it's just another week of the season. You know, right. It should be it should be a reward that a team earned, you know, from from good play. It, it needs to be exclusionary. It needs to be exclusionary to have value. 
All right, so I, there's a lot of things about this that I don't get that I need to ask. And again, we're speaking with Lewis Cook III. He's an assistant coach at Notre Dame, and he just studies all of this and understands it all a whole lot more than I do. That's why I wanted to get him on explain. So I'm just going to throw out a few schools. Like, like, uh, what's the difference between an Opelousas in St. Landry Parish now being in a select bracket as opposed to a Eunice or a Port Barry or a Beauchene? Well, the difference is that Opelousas High School they have the med- they have a medical academy, so that that's kind of how it ends up being. So in, you know, it's Eunice, Port Bar- Eunice, and, and Port Barry or Beauchene, They don't have they don't have any academy where Opelousas does. All right, and yeah. then in, then you have Bill Platt is is now going to be in the select bracket, but I don't know that I don't see like Pine Prairie or Mamu in there. So what's the difference there? That one I really don't know. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I have, I've reached out to a friend of mine that's familiar with that school system, and he hasn't answered back. So that one I don't want to talk out of when I don't know. So once I do know, I will let you know. But I'm not currently sure the difference of it. it it's you know it, it has to be it has to be some sort of um, magna curriculum or, or something to that effect to, for them to be in the new definition. Now is is Livonia? I mean, what's Livonia's situation? That's an open enrollment power situation. All right. So the point that I'm getting to is I'm sure there are people all over the state that when they see these schools, they got to be going like, wow, I, that, I thought that was a country public school. And just because you're out in the middle of nowhere in your public school doesn't mean you're not going to be in select. Well, no, I mean, but to me, like what you look at is like the Vermilion Catholic or St. Ed's. I mean, these two schools, uh, Vermilion Catholic located in Abbeville, St. Ed's located in Eunice. Um, how many out-of-zone kids do they really have? I mean, they happen to be a private school, so they, it's, they charge tuition, so that made them select. But when you start looking at where these kids are coming from, I mean, you know, these two schools are K-12. to I have a hard time believing, and um, you know, we play these people, so we see their rosters. I mean, our, our kids play them. Our feeder school kids play them growing up. They're not, they're not showing up with new kids, so it's, it's kind of the same thing. So, I mean, essentially nothing, nothing about them is, you know, quote-unquote select other than they charge tuition. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. You know, so you have – you know, it, it's any you know, anytime you try to come up with these definitions, you're going to hit holes, and sometimes it'll be on a public school or a private school. But yeah, you, you're going to you're going to kind of see some oddities with this. All right, so I'm seeing a lot of teams from the Cattle Parish here. So is Shreveport kind of open enrollment like Arlene's Parish and Rapides Parish? Yes, sir. That, that for the most part, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of an academy situation. Academy situation. Captain Shreve and all of them and North Cattle. Yeah, they've kind of it's. It's kind of been it's kind of been that way for a while. We played Calvary a couple of years ago, and Calvary was you know talking about how you know that that's kind of how it worked over there. And I know they were happy they were happy to see the change because they thought it was more fair. One more school that surprised me, and I'm I don't I'm not gonna we're gonna cut this the school list is is Buckeye. Buckeye's a little in a little bitty town on the other side of Pineville. Uh, or do you have any idea? Like I was surprised to see them as a not you know as a as a select school. Rapids Parish open enrollment. Okay, that's true. Okay, that you, you, you I should have known that. All right, so here's the other thing that I, I'm trying to get straight. Okay, uh, how are we going to keep the schedule in the districts the way they are unless what I'm looking at is incorrect when you're going to have people from the same district in three different divisions. I mean, I know we already had them in two different divisions, but can you really, I mean, that's something's not making sense to me. 
Now you're looking I mean, for that for that to kind of be happening. There's there's just kind of a typo in those and there's some kind of formatting issues. Um, I Opelousas, you know, they won't be playing in the uh, in the Division One bracket. They'll be in the Division Two bracket. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that's the one you're looking at, but it, that's I mean that's really impossible. I mean, so basically, I'm, I'm hoping that with the increase of numbers and balance that we don't force the three and four teams to combine. That's never been fair, uh, but that to me that's that's the only way that. That you could have had like a three A team or a four A team, in, you know, in here and, and kind of hopping, hopping, hopping across. But you shouldn't. Yeah, there's no way that you can see uh, that that much of that much of a jump. That just that's just not possible. All right. Because so how did interested by classification, and then three and four forced together, you shouldn't see it. You shouldn't see a jump outside of that. All right. So how does the playing up thing? Like LCA determined they were going to play up to four A, but they still have double A numbers. So how does that work into what division they go into for the postseason after they play of, uh, you know, in in the in that district in the regular season? So that list was made by a person attempting to provide clarity, and I thought he did a lot of great work on. I'm friends with the guy. And what what he did was the same thing the LHSA typically does. Anytime they come up with any kind of chart based off of enrollment, what they're looking at doing is showing you know they're trying to show so to try to make a, a more accurate list and not and not miss anybody. He left them. He left the schools where they were enrollment wise and moved them. So instead of kind of pushing and moving from the classification they ultimately got districted into, he just went from their initial enrollment to, to kind of move and kind of try to find try to find the school. So LCA. They will be playing Division Two as a member of 4A. Same thing with Evangel Christian from Shreveport or John Curtis from River Ridge. They, they'll be in, you know, John Curtis will be in Division One. Evangel will be in Division Two as well as Lafayette Christian. All right. So, what do we do now? Or what is being said? Or is this a, a, a technique? Like there are still public schools I know in our area that get students from outside their technical geographic zone, and yet they're going to still be in public schools. So, like, what's the difference between those and like Como High School? Well, what I'm really hoping happens now is that we've kind of balanced the, we've kind of balanced the number, and kind of it's you know kind of people are kind of seeing more. I'm hoping that we get. Uh, to, a, a, to we just kind of do away with it all together. Um, I mean, it turns into you, you kind of I mean you, you got perception, okay? So um, one of the things that I've, I've asked is how do people assume every out of zone kid at a public school made that move for academics, but at the same time assume every kid who's out of zone at a private school did that for athletics? You know, so I thought that you know I thought that with the office, LSU's office, it was the best possible thing to try to take any of that out of it was to come up with these definitions and basically, de- you know, basically determine off of that. You know, you, you still got people that are, you know, obviously circumventing the rules and obviously they're sitting at, at a tremendous advantage. The one that I point to the most is, is Manny High School up there in Sabine Parish. I mean, these people are the ones that really push for this, which is completely ridiculous. They're the only ones in the bracket with over 100 people on the team. I mean, last year they had their running back sign with Southeastern who lives in Zuwali. I mean, they're benefiting the most from the policies of their parish and putting themselves not against the private schools that have a similar uh, process. You know, so it's, I mean, you've got, I mean, it just, it, they've kind of gotten an innate advantage into the system. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, there's, a, there's, you know, some people down there, like I said, like in our area that, yeah, they're kind of, they're kind of skirting, they're kind of skirting the process. And I'm hoping that, you know, the, the way to probably fix that is just to end the split. But, I mean, there's always going to be certain advantages that, that people have. Uh, my mom taught at Dusseldorf Elementary, you know, for almost 20 years. 
And, you know, when she, some of the kids in her class, she got them to pass the, the state test, you know, which considering that the moms and dads didn't graduate from high school, that was a great accomplishment where the, some of the teachers at some of the other schools that had, you know, they're teaching kids that, you know, that both of their parents graduated college, those kids were doing much better on, on the state test. It's just, it's, you know, my mom took the kids she had and she made them better. And uh, the other teachers did too. And that's kind of what we should be grading off of. And I think that's kind of part of what my mom and my dad have said you could match. Both of them are they're, they're really great at making people better than what they are. All right. So I want to get to some other steps, things that you brought up. So if, you, if you're okay with it, we'll take a time out and we'll come back and, uh, and try to uh, fill in a few gaps here. I appreciate it. Again, we're speaking with Lewis Cook III, who was trying to explain to us kind of behind the scenes and, and, uh, and interpret what we heard yesterday. The bottom line is when we look at the football playoff brackets for in, in November, it's going to look very different than it's ever looked before. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people scratching their heads. And there's also should be a lot of people saying, you know what? I remember when Kevin told us 10 years ago, it's not just the private schools that recruit. It's not just the private schools getting kids out of their zone. And that's what's all of this is really coming to, uh, to, to, to illustrate. And it, it's, it's still a very tangled web. We will take a timeout. We'll be back with Lewis Cook the third, trying to explain all the changes in LHSA next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. I want to remind you, if you would like to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, where you can enjoy mouthwatering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous sides, and so much more, you need to go to the website. You need to sign up for the game clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. You might win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. It's free. It's easy to sign up. So sign up today. All right. We're speaking with assistant Notre Dame assistant coach Lewis Cook III. Trying to explain to me and y'all as well kind of what in the world is going on. All right. Before we get to some more of what we've been talking about, did I also understand that yesterday the practice, uh, everyone's going to be playing a football state championship in the Dome now and all the basketball is going to be at the same location now, boys and girls, or how did all that plan out? Yeah, sir. So basically that's the 4.4.4. Uh, the um, you know, you have an executive director of an organization and he has, you know, uh, his staff and you have, an, and you have the executive committee and their job is to kind of provide leadership, and, and they did a great job with that. A proposal was put in by a local school that allowed the private to kind of do their own thing for the venues, which was great in theory. In practice, we had led to some, some inequities in the system, and uh, that was one of the things that was done yesterday. So they went ahead and, and they took they took that out using 4.4.4. Great use of power, by the way. Um, and so, yeah, now we're all back, we're back in the same venues. I mean, you, you know, just, I mean, the, the dome is an iconic experience. I mean, there's no question, especially with the financials put out, 
that those private schools did benefit financially from being in the other venues. But at the end of the day, you can't take money with you when you pass, and the experience of being in the Dome is something that's going to last those kids a lifetime. Um, you know, so that, that was a great move. That was a great move. The, uh, and then basketball-wise, the boys will be in their tournament. The girls will be in theirs. And, and the same thing. I mean, our softball team, and we, you know, we were less than fortunate to be pretty successful the last couple of years. And, you know, the girls headed over to Bruce Hort. And Bruce Hort did a nice job hosting. It's not a knock on them. But the girls really missed the experience of sulfur. So I'm glad that's not going to be something going forward uh, anymore. All right, so I got asked several times yesterday, is this all sports? And it is, but it isn't because already you had some sports that only like um, wrestling or volleyball that were already together. So this doesn't really impact all sports, or am I not looking at this detailed enough? No, so so the proposal that was put up allowed the sports that were split, football, boys' basketball, girls' basketball, baseball, and softball. Those five sports. Of the 23 sports the LSU offered, 18 were never split, which leads you to kind of question why these other ones were split to begin with. You know, volleyball never being split, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. You know, volleyball is the most private-dominated sport. If you go back and look at the brackets in the last 20 years, you're not going to find three instances of a public school beating a private school in a, in a volleyball match. You know, so that that's you know it's kind of partial video. So it's the, so the five sports that were split, uh, those you know it's they're still split, but the we'll be back together in the same venues. All right. So, um, is there any complications that I'm not thinking of to scheduling with this new format, or is everyone's schedule going to work just as fine as it always did? Uh, so there's no complication. I mean, when the, when, the, this, when this original deal, you know, w- was put in place, it's you know, they, so when I mentioned that the original split proposal was out of order, and one of the reasons I say that was that originally there were going to be two so-called select divisions, and uh, obviously that wasn't good, and they ended up bringing it to four. You know, so when you know, you kind of it just kind of like, hey, we did this for the regular season, and we got to the postseason. By the way, it's just going to be this. And you had some, you know, you had some, some stuff to kind of walk through, um, you know, like we were at that time, we were a member of three a, and we were getting points for playing four a schools. And the, some of the four a schools complained because they didn't have the opportunity to get points for playing up. And we were in the same bracket, which the thing that the comment that I made was, well, we shouldn't be in your bracket to begin with because you're four and we're three a, but, you know, so that, that, that kind of just was kind of thrown together and it'll be the same thing here. You know, you'll have some of that issue, with these teams are three and these teams are four and they're in the same bracket. But other than that, we're just going to kind of go our, our own separate path when the playoffs start. I kind of compare it to Major League Baseball where you have an American League and a National League and these teams play each other in the regular season. And when they go to their playoffs, the American League right. teams do their playoff system and the National League does their system. Right. All right. So for someone who says, wait a minute, how can we make this major of a change without having a full-fledged principles vote? Like, how, how does that, how would you respond to that? I would say that the founding fathers of our country were absolutely brilliant. And if you, you go back and you kind of read through, and it, it's amazing how far ahead of their time and how much they understood what was happening. You know, they, it's, you know it, the electoral college system that was set up, you know, was to kind of prevent mob rule. And it was to trying to protect everybody's interest. Um, you know, what was happening was a decision was made by a group of principals, the executive committee. And this is the same way that our, our own government set up. You know, in, for Louisiana, we elect our representatives and we elect our senators, and they make decisions for the state. 
uh, at the national level, it's the same thing. We have our senators and we have our representatives, and they make decisions. The, these principals who made the decision yesterday, they're the executive committee. They were voted on by the member principals. You know, so I don't know what gripe these people have. I mean, perhaps they just don't like the outcome. But as far as being fair, this is the same system we use. Uh, at every level of government, I mean, in, you know, you have your, you know, you have your city council, you have your school board. I mean, in every other, in every other facet of society, we have a, we we elected people to make decisions, and that's what happened yesterday. I don't, I don't see no, where I, it I, wasn't I, I get, with I, else. Yeah, I, I get your point. All right, he, here's what I'm thinking, and tell me what what your thoughts on this are. When when we first went to the split, I, I made the comment many times, we're never going to go back. But right now, I'm not so sure. So if you're a public school and you're now in a select bracket, then what good is the split to you? So is this a first major step to getting back together, do you think? I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping. Like you said, you still have you still have some people that are sitting in, sitting in the so-called non-selective, the so-called end-zone bracket that are still clearly, you know, having mechanisms to get kids that are outside, you know, outside of it, and like you said, that you know, if you were if you were a public school who was voting for the split simply for the fact of you didn't want to play the private school, now you are, you kind of lose, you kind of lose that. You know, I'm kind of hoping to me a lot. You know, a lot of a lot of this vote was never about level of playing field. It was, you know, yeah, you it just spite and hatred. You know, some you have some people that don't like people that elect to send their kids to private schools. Um, you know, reason being that they just, you know, just, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you have the perception that the privates have out of zone and the publics don't, and it's, which is clearly not the case anymore. You know, so I'm hoping that this kind of takes away some of the incentive they had to vote the privates out. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe some of these people, that same jealousy that led them to vote a certain way, they may vote it back together just because they're mad that these other public schools don't have to pray the privates, and they do. I, I've never – I still don't see where it's fair – that you allow one group of individuals to vote away the rights of another group of individuals. You know, there, I mean, it's like, I mean, where, when you start, when you start going, like, let, let's say that it's, it's me, you and Eric, and we're all going for a job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the employee, the, the boss says that, you know what, I can't really make a decision amongst the three of you, but if it was down to two, I could make the decision. So I want you, I want you three to vote one, two, three, and who you think would be the best. Well, me and you get together and we decide Eric would be the best person. So the two of us collectively decide that we're going to vote Eric three. And that way we know that Eric won't get the job. I might not get it. You might not get it. But we know that we have, we lost our best competition, Eric. You know, so now, so we turn in, I vote, I vote me one, you two, Eric three, you vote, you one, me two, Eric three. And doesn't matter how Eric votes anymore. Now he's out of it and you get the job and I don't, but you had a, had a better choice. I don't see where that's a fair policy. Because Eric was the best candidate, and he didn't even he didn't get to do it, you know. So I, I, that's you know, uh, do we make do we make a rule where you know, kids who weigh more than two hundred and ten pounds aren't allowed to run the football? You know, do we make a rule where kids that are I mean, you, you see this in Biddy basketball? No, yeah, it, it, no, it, it's it, it's crazy. Kind of sounds like an all district meeting is what I was thinking when you were there <laughs> explaining that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, it, it, it it's just crazy. And I hope, and I know you hope. And I think the perception from a lot of people uh, in, in, is that most public, most private schools are hoping that we get back together. And, I mean, when you look when you look at the when you look at the different votes that have taken place, there's only been one Catholic school who has ever voted to remain split. Man, 
Well, yeah, every 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 other college school has not voted for that. Um, amongst the the lab magnet people, I think it's been two. I mean, you've got in four different votes. I think you've got less than six that on the so-called select that voted to stay split. Unbelievable. Well, look, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for explaining it and, and making it a little more clear for me anyway. Hopefully some other people, like someone texted me and said, anybody who's not more confused than ever is just a genius, and we're just talking <laughs> to a genius in you, so we appreciate it very much. If you find out about what was the school that we we, we, we couldn't think about, Ville Platt, if you find out about it, let us know. I'll pass along that information. But, again, thank you very much for your time, and have a good weekend. Kevin, you too. Enjoy the conversation. All right. Take care. Oh, he's something. Now, again, he has certain opinions, and he let those known. And I told you last hour, you're not, you, don't, you may not agree with all the opinion part of it, but I'm just talking about the actual delivering of the information of what happened. He, he is just he, – he is something. He is something. There are coaches – when it comes to playoff time, there are coaches all around the area that call him, and he tells them what's going on because he knows he's put in the work and the time to figure it all out. Uh, so people like me can just call him and get the answer. Thank you, Lewis, very much for uh, coming on and explaining all that. And he and I do agree on one thing. Hopefully one day we'll get back together. Maybe this is the first step. We'll take a time out, come back, finish out today's program and this week's program of Footnotes next on The Game. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 3rd, 2012. Tiger Woods claims his 73rd PGA Tour victory with a two-stroke win at the Memorial Tournament at Mirfield Village Golf and Country Club. The win equals Jack Nicklaus's record. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. I'm just... uh, Kind of chuckling inside, not because it's not really funny, but it's like trying to put all this together. Uh, I, I was just wondering, like, Como has the Arts Academy. So they build uh, this big auditorium for the Arts Academy. And I'm wondering at Como High School, how many athletic programs have been helped out by the Arts Academy at Como High School? So I'm just thinking, poor Como. Like, Southside comes in and takes all their good, you know, not all, but takes a lot of their players. A lot of students go to Southside. It's legal. I'm not saying, you know, it's just it is what it is. I mean, they come in and take a lot of their students from the Bruce R. Youngsville area. And now Southside is in the public school bracket and Como is in the private school select bracket because of the arts academy, which never helps them athletically. I mean, it's just, and y'all wonder, and y'all wonder why I prefer pro sports. I mean, oh, I can't figure it out. This all makes sense. 
I mean, colleges, you got all these. I mean, it's just, y'all, it's just, oh, it's just, I, I just don't have the mind. I can't, I can't do this. It's insanity is what it is. All right. Got to um, say bye now. Y'all have a nice, safe weekend.